the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Second Corinthians 1.20 For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ, with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Amen. Thank you, Grace. Well, it's the last Sunday of the year, and we're going to talk about the last word of the Apostles' Creed, which is amen. It should be a short sermon. <laughs> amen? Yeah, all right. No, I, lo- I love uh, the Apostles' Creed. I enjoyed going through that. I know Hermie preached a few messages, too, and you know, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic, Christian, universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen? All right. I passed my confirmation. I memorized the Apostles' Creed. (laughs) So I heard a good one about why did they say amen at the end of a prayer instead of a woman? For the same reason we sing hymns instead of hers. You guys got it. The other uh, nine o'clock, they just, they didn't get it. They weren't laughing. I think they were still sleeping. Anyway, here we are. The last Sunday of the year, the last message on the Apostles' Creed. And what we want to do in our last time together around the Apostles' Creed is to consider this word, this amen, which actually means, you probably learned it in Sunday school, it means so be it. It means let it be true, or I believe it to be true. And so when you're praying like at dinner today, you know, and somebody blesses the food or asks the Lord to bless the food, and and then you say amen, what you're saying is yes, let it be, I believe, and you're saying I believe God has heard and he will answer these things. Amen isn't a throwaway word. You know, it's not like a conclusion as much as it is, you know, I believe What we just prayed was heard by God, and he's going to respond, and he's going to answer these prayers. I mean, we just read and recited with Gracie uh, in the Apostles' Creed, you know, underneath it, implicit within the creed, we just read that there are some promises about God that we're actually, we're we're, we're banking on these promises. I mean, I am. This is the the two-year anniversary of my mom's passing. She died on December 27th. 
2018. So I'm banking on these promises that I'm going to see here again. I'm banking on the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. I'm banking on the fact that we can have eternal life if we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm banking on it. And I want to give you just three big promises that I think we're banking on before we get into this message for real. So promise number one. Nothing is too hard for God. How did we start out? I believe in God the Father what? Almighty. I believe in God the Father almighty. Nothing is too hard for God. And what we see in the creed as a promise to the people of God is that nothing, absolutely nothing is too hard for God. Nothing. We got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, these three distinct persons, yet one. Nothing is too hard for God. There is nothing in your life that's too hard for God. There's nothing at home, in your home, nothing in your past that's too hard for God. There's no struggle in your present that's too hard for God. That's a promise for the people of God. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is impossible for God because he's God. He's the creator of all things, so nothing is too hard for, for him. And so that's one promise we're really banking on. And number two, another promise that we're banking on is that all of our sins, all of our mistakes are forgiven freely, fully, and forever. We just talked about the forgiveness of sins a couple weeks ago. So any mistake we've ever made, God has released us from that mistake. He's forgiven us freely, fully, and forever. So when you and I repent, you know, we're going one way, we turn away from these, these idols, and we go back toward the Lord. When we repent, and when we believe, we put our trust in Jesus Christ. When we receive him, you know, whatever word you want to use, then God, he throws our sins into the sea of his forgetfulness. That's what the Bible says. He remembers our sins no more. He casts them as far as the east is from the west. I mean, that's good news. He buries them in the river of his love. And so, promise number one, nothing is too hard for God. Promise number two, all of our sins, all of our mistakes are forgiven Freely, fully, and forever. And then promise number three that we're really banking on is that Christ will return one day. He's gonna come back and he's gonna make all sad things untrue. Christ will return. And upon his return, all that's sad becomes untrue. He shall come. And just as there were numerous prophecies about the birth of Jesus, his first coming, And they all came true, and so the promises concerning his second coming are just as true, and it's going to happen. He will come. We're banking on it. We see these promises in the creed that we just read and said and recited, Um, but here's the reality. A lot of us really struggle to believe those promises are true about us, and What I've learned is that Christians, like church folks, they usually don't have a problem with like this abstract idea of theology, you know, the umbrella of it. You know, does God forgive sins? Uh, They'll be able to say, yeah, God forgives sins. I totally believe that God forgives sins. In fact, I know Jesus died for my sins on the cross. He was resurrected. And so I know that God has paid uh, for all of the sin that there is until you actually start talking with them about their sin. 
couple weeks ago, we talked about the forgiveness of sins, didn't we? And a buddy of mine who I've known for a long time was here. And the Spirit of God did a beautiful thing in his life and revealed to him that there were some things in his past, that there were some things in his background where he really doubted the promise of God, that he had been fully, freely, forever forgiven. Some things in his past, some struggles he had walked in and given himself over to that had led to some destruction in his life. He looked back on those things and he said, I just can't possibly believe that God would forgive me. Sometimes there's something in our past that has happened. Sometimes something that we've done, some wrong that we've committed, and it's, it's hard for us to like believe the promise of God to forgive us freely, fully, and forever, that that could actually be true. And some of us are in situations where like there's maybe scary things happening or, or broken things are happening and maybe somebody is sick or maybe you know, our home is kind of a little bit more volatile than we would like or maybe we don't feel safe in our homes and, or maybe we're in relationships that are really difficult or so we begin to doubt you know, the promises of God and maybe something really bad has happened to us. So we begin to doubt the promises of God and although we see the promises of God, it's hard for us to believe that they're, they're true for us and if we're really honest, there are things, you know, obstacles that block us from being able to rejoice because we can't quite believe the promises of God are true for us and so I think the Bible has a lot to say about that and here's my plan today. Uh, Calvary first Sunday or last Sunday of 2020 it's a quick and it's an easy one. Uh, one verse, two sentences. So hopefully your Bibles are open to Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So it says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him, in Christ. That's the first sentence. So let me ask you a question, Calvary. That word all in the Bible, check that word out, all. What does that mean? Does that mean like half? Or does that mean like all? I mean, I mean if you were to look at the Greek word here, you know, the Greek word, it means all. Huh? Am I a scholar or what? All. It's talking about all. It means all of the promises of God. All of them. Not half of them. All of the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. What the Apostle Paul is writing here to the church at Corinth and to us is that all of the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. And here's why it's great news. I mean, who, who loves to hear yes? Do you love to hear yes, that word yes? I mean, say it, yes, 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 yes. The Cubs won the World Series, yes. You know, I was lots of yes. Do you ever do that when something good happens? Yes, you know. Tiger Woods, yes. That's how he does it when he gets that putt, right? Yes, 
How many of you would say that you'd rather prefer to hear the word no? No! <laughs> you know, I just like to hear the word no. In fact, if I could just get more no's in my life, I'd be a lot more happier of a person. No! <laughs> you know, every one, regardless of our age, we want to hear yes. We love to hear yes. And what Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, who is wrestling with their identity in Christ and wrestling with the promises of God, is that all of the promises of God, every one of them, find their yes in Jesus. You don't know if the promises of God are true for you? You look to Jesus. If we go back and we just look at some of those promises that are like implicit in the creed, that are like underneath the creed. I mean, how do you know God can be trusted when he says all of your sins are forgiven? You look to Jesus. And if you you look at you, (laughs) uh, you're gonna doubt it for the rest of your life. But if you look at Jesus, then all of a sudden, I think faith starts to grow in your life and confidence starts to grow in your life. And how do we know that he's gonna make all the sad things untrue? We look to Jesus. We watch Jesus do it. We watch Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. We watch Jesus heal diseases. We watch Jesus drive out demons. We watch Jesus. And you wanna know how all the promises of God are true? You just look at Jesus because all of the promises of God find their yes in him. Can you say amen? Amen. You doubt that God is for you? You might think that God might be against you? Well, look at Jesus. Look at the evidence. What does the scriptures say? You look to Jesus. Was it not Christ who came for you, not to condemn you, but to save you from condemnation. I mean, that's what the Bible says. Jesus didn't come with a list of rules that you have to obey in order to be saved. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 3.20, therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. You know, he came and he was absolute perfection on our behalf And he absorbed God's wrath toward all sin always so you could be freely, fully, and forever forgiven by God. And you'd be released from all your wrongs, past, present, and future. I mean, this is the gospel. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Even though he was rich, he became poor that through his poverty we might become rich. Even though he was totally just, without sin, he died for the unjust, and that's the gospel, and that's the gospel. Jesus is our yes, he's our yes. Second Corinthians 1.20, Jesus is our yes, that's the first sentence. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. And then let's look at the second sentence. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And so we respond with amen. Or, I believe. I mean, I think the creed actually is going to end like it began, right? The creed begins with, I believe, right, in God the Father Almighty, and then it ends with, amen, or I believe. And earlier in these messages, we've said that there are two ways of knowing. You can know in your mind, and that's called understanding, 
or you can know in your heart, and that's called believing. And I think God calls us to both. And so amen means so be it, or I believe that this is true. In other words, I am, I am banking on this as true. And when we pray, again, if you pray you know, for dinner this afternoon or you're with family and you thank God for the food and thank God for all that he's provided and you thank God for the others around the table, you know, and sometimes, you know, when we pray and worship, there's a guy who came to the first service. He had never come to church before, and there was only about, you know, 15 or 20 people here at the first service. But I went, I said, have you ever been here before? No. I go, how did you end up here? Well, he said, we just live a few blocks away. He grew up Methodist. His wife grew up Catholic, but his wife has been in the hospital for, for a week, and he's been thinking he wants to get, get connected with the Lord. I said, Great. And so we prayed for his wife. We prayed for him. And, and uh, you know, praise the Lord. When we pray in worship or when we pray in the prayer room, like for somebody who is sick or we pray for a friend or we pray for a family member and we ask God to heal or we ask God to move or we ask God to work or we ask God to save, uh, we end our prayers with Amen. And not because God is going, are you done or are you not done? You know, I'm confused here. You know, I was like, we haven't said amen yet. I mean, but we say amen. We, we say, so be it. We say, I believe that you've heard me, God. And uh, the creed, again, is bookended. Uh, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and amen. And so I believe that that's true, and I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Amen, I believe that's true. Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Amen, I believe that that's true. He suffered and he died for my sins. Amen, I believe that that's true. That he was resurrected, that he ascended into heaven. Amen, and I believe that that's true. I trust, I am banking my whole life and the whole breath of my existence for eternity on where my mother is right now on these promises that are in scripture that the creed just reinforces. I'm believing, amen, I believe this is true, that Jesus is my yes to all the promises of God. And so as we gaze at Christ, as we gaze at the beauty of Jesus Christ in our own souls, an amen should start developing in our hearts and on our lips. And as the mind is formed, the heart is inflamed. As the mind is informed, the heart is inflamed. And the body and life should line up with, so be it, I believe. Call unto me, I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. You know, it's Christmas time. We got the Advent candle still up. The Christ candle is lit. You know, we got decorations uh, you know, in the church. We got decorations in our homes. You know, at our house, if you look on the Facebook posts, I, I put out our Christmas angels, and I give a report on the Christmas angels every year, and we have these carolers that we get. We, we, you get a new one every year. It's like 30 or 40 carolers that are all over the house, and, you know, we, we, we go all out. A lot of you do the same thing. We exchange Christmas gifts. We're going to do that with some of our family this afternoon. You know, we throw lights everywhere. We drink this wassail, whatever that is, and then we just blare the Christmas music, right? We just go all in. And, you know, it's, it's great to enjoy uh, family, to enjoy the season. But what this season is ultimately all about 
for real is gazing upon and thinking about and meditating upon our yes in Christ so that our hearts might be stirred up to this amen, to a type of rejoicing that's informed in mind and inflamed in heart and moves us to consider deeper realities in this season. You know, your, your kids or grandkids, you know, they get excited during this time of the year. I think that's great and that's fine, but there's something in the air that we should harness And we need to gaze upon the beauty of Jesus. Ultimately, to spend our time thinking of that and considering that, gazing upon like the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity, God in the flesh. When we do that, Jesus, he he transforms, he shapes, he molds our lives in a direction it needs to be shaped and molded for rejoicing. We are informed by and inflamed by a consideration of, of the person and the work of Jesus Christ, or it's all, it's fake. And it's really sad. And it's not sustainable, because two weeks from now we'll be all depressed because there's no Christmas. It's like, what, isn't Jesus real? Don't we have a relationship with Jesus? Aren't we gazing upon the beauty of Jesus? I mean, I like Christmas time too, but If that's all it is, it's all fake and it's unsustainable and what we have is not a real relationship with Christ. It's something different. It's a stunning thing to watch the people of God in the Bible suffer and still rejoice. And it's a stunning thing to watch the people of God suffer and rejoice in our midst today. You know, I think of the Schumacher family. Wow, what a wonderful example. Terry Moe and Mary, suffering yet rejoicing. And many of you, it's not fake, it's not veneer. It's not a, I know I should act this way. It's a deep-rooted joy that is unshakable because they've gazed upon our yes in Jesus. And I wanna encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your promises that they all find their yes in you, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we can fix our eyes on the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, that we can run this race and you can live your life through us, Lord. I pray that as we gaze upon you, Jesus, that you would fuel our faith, that you would inform it and help us through your awesome, beautiful name to worship you and to have that amen always on our lips. Amen. I believe it, so be it, let it be so. It's true, amen, amen, amen. We're gonna turn to hymn number 254. It's a hymn about...
the three kings. And I know they didn't come till like two years later because it says they came to the house and they came to the young child and the word was more for a young child, not for a baby. I realize this. All our manger scenes are wrong. But they did come. And they did bring gifts. And uh, like I said, they came probably a couple of years after the birth of Christ. They came following a star, maybe like the one we saw Monday night. You know, they call it the Christmas star. You know, every 800 years, my goodness. Um, and they came wanting to gaze on Jesus. They wanted to see him, to see this child. They came bringing gifts for a king, right? Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Actually, it describes the whole life and death of Christ in those gifts. And it all pointed to the Christ child as the promised Messiah. And so, I think as we have concluded the Apostles' Creed, and, you know, we said it over and over and over again, we, every Sunday, and, you know, we preached on each little phrase, hopefully you can say in your heart, you know, amen, you know, I really believe this, and it's not just about God or about Jesus or about the Holy Spirit, I'm experiencing God, I'm experiencing his love and his mercy right now. And I just want to gaze on Jesus. And I just want to say amen to all this stuff. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.